Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Welcome back to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. Uh, You might notice I sound a little bit different. We've actually moved into a new apartment, so I think the sound in here is a bit different. I think it might actually be a bit echoey. Um, Hopefully it's okay. I did a few test audio samples and it sounded okay to me. Hopefully it sounds okay to you. I don't really want to have to build a little like recording cave with a blanket over my head or go sit in a closet or anything like that. Um, So hopefully this works and you uh, are fine with the audio quality. But welcome back to the podcast. Um, Today's episode, I want to give a special shout out to um, one of the listeners, Megan S, who submitted this idea for a topic. And just thank you so much, of course, to anyone who is listening, um, but especially to those of you who submitted some ideas. I put out a poll or a a question box or something. I'm not sure how it works. I just did it on the back end um, with Anchor, which I think is now Anchor by Spotify. So I think if you listen to this podcast on Anchor or Spotify, you may have seen um, probably like five or six episodes ago, I had a question pop up that said, uh, do you have any ideas for the podcast, any episodes you'd like to hear? And a few of you got back to me with uh, your ideas and some really nice feedback. And I just appreciate it so much. It really warmed my heart Um, I can see that, you know, like hundreds and thousands of you are listening, which is super cool, but it's even cooler when you actually like reach out to me and I can hear your thoughts. So if you have any thoughts, any feedback for me, um, any suggestions for future episodes, I'm going to put a box on this podcast episode as well. So please do uh, feel free to give me, give me your thoughts, give me your feedback, give me your suggestions. Um, be nice. (laughs) Don't be mean. Uh, feel free to go leave a review if you, if you want to, uh, really help out here. But if you just have any ideas for future episodes or anything you think I should know, uh, definitely feel free to fill that in. And again, I think that's going to be through Spotify or Anchor. Um, so if you're listening on either of those platforms, or if you want to head over to those platforms, that would be awesome. Um, but anyways, back to today's topic. So how to handle wedding attention as an introvert. When I saw that um, Megan S. submitted this topic, I was like, oh my god, yes, this is definitely something I want to talk to uh, or talk about because I can relate to this so much. I am 100% an introvert. My partner is also 100% an introvert. So I think that really explains why our wedding was so um, unconventional and that, you know, it was 2021, 21 guests in a a condo owned by a family member. Um, I've told the whole wedding story before. You can head back a couple episodes and listen to that if you want to hear how our day went. Um, but it was definitely not the, the big white wedding, hundreds of people in a, you know, a big church and a big reception hall. It was totally different. And I just, want you to know that if you are an introvert, if your partner's an introvert, if you just don't love the idea of the huge big wedding, um, because you don't like attention, you don't like hanging out with people, you don't have the money, whatever your reasoning, you are not alone. And that is not the only way to get married. And I know that feels really different when you look up weddings on Pinterest or Instagram or wherever else you're looking up weddings. It always is the bride the generally um, very thin, very white, very blonde bride in a long white dress, the very white, very tall, very fit groom in a black tuxedo, and they have hundreds of guests behind them. And there's all these like expensive, fancy 
uh, decor pieces and flowers and drinks and all that. And as beautiful and lovely as all of that is, if that's not your vision, if that's not who you are, if that's not what you can afford, if that's not what you want, that is totally fine. And this is your podcast. You can still have an amazing wedding, even if you are an introvert. All right. So that was my little preamble just to say thanks so much to Megan S. Um, and that I am totally, totally into this topic. So let's jump into sort of how you actually handle uh, the whole wedding planning process and the wedding day and all of the wedding hoopla as an introvert. So I've sort of broken this down into one, two, three, four, five, six, five or six uh, different sections or tips. Um, so the first one is just big picture rethinking your wedding. So you may have not been to too many weddings or maybe you've only kind of seen weddings on TV or social media. Um, just you don't have a ton of experience with it and you might assume that a wedding means uh, a bride and a groom, a bride in white, the groom in a tux and hundreds of friends and family you get married in a, you know, a church or a religious space. And then you go to a hotel or a ballroom and you have your reception with um, all, you know, 150, 300 of your guests. And maybe that's what's done in your family. Maybe that's just sort of the norm. When you think wedding, that's what you think. I'm sure if you Google wedding and you click images, that's what shows up. Um, but it doesn't mean you have to do it that way. That is not what weddings have to be. When my partner and I first started talking about getting married, it was uh, way too early. <laughs> we weren't we weren't actually going to get married at that time. We just were attending a family wedding. So, uh, you know, obviously, naturally, the topic comes up. We were talking about it. And my husband, um, I love calling him that. <laughs> my husband uh, really thought, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, of course, we're going to have a big wedding like that, too. If we, you know, when, if we get married one day, uh, hundreds of people. And I was kind of like, oh, really? Like, that's, that's strange that you would want that because you know, you are an introvert. You don't like being the center of attention. You don't like big groups. Uh, you know, we're not that close with some of our extended friends and family. Um, and it kind of, you could see like the gear shift in his head, like, oh yeah, like I, I don't enjoy those things. Um, I don't value them. I don't want to spend money on them. So why do I think I have to do that? Is it just because that's what I think weddings are? And that totally, totally was the situation. And then in the years after that, you know, as we got a bit more firm and concrete in planning our wedding, having it be really small, having it be a really comfortable, casual celebration where it was so important to us to only have people in that room who mattered so much to us, who we loved so much, who we were comfortable with. And in a situation where we could actually talk to every single person, we loved the idea that we could, you know, hug everyone and sit down with them and chat with them and not just run to their table and say, oh, thanks so much for coming and run away and not see them again for the rest of the night. Um, we loved the idea of not being like the center of attention, not having the spotlight on us the whole time. So I think those are some things just to chat through, you know, with yourself, with your partner, with whoever else is helping you to plan the wedding and just say like, okay, do we like being the center of attention? Do I like being the center of attention? Do I like hanging out in big groups? Do I like hanging out? Um, you know, do I have like having lots of people all around me? Do I like going to events that last all day long? Do I like late night parties? Um, and if you're saying like, absolutely not, that sounds like my nightmare, then you don't have to do that. Like 100% does not need to be what your wedding is about. Um, and if you heard that list, and you're like, yeah, I love being the center of attention. I love big groups. I love big parties. Then I encourage you to keep listening because there's a chance that your partner <laughs> might not feel that same way. I imagine if you press download on this episode or if you're listening, either you're an introvert or maybe your partner's an introvert. So I think this is still a really important lesson. But just know that your wedding does not have to be this huge thing. You can keep it really small, like, you know, kind of like we did 20 guests. You can elope just the two of you and whoever you need to make it official. You can do a destination wedding. Wedding, which usually they, those end up being a lot smaller anyways, because people have to fly and get passports and vaccines and all that good stuff. You could do a virtual wedding, you know, where you have 
a small group or nobody in person, but you've got lots of people attending online. There are just, there's so many options, especially in, in this year, 2021, heading into 2022, there are so many different ways to get married. And I think if, um, you know, anything, the pandemic has really taught us that so many people found really cool, creative, innovative, small <laughs> ways to get married. Um, and I think we can definitely take that energy into a post, hopefully post pandemic world. <laughs> The second section here I have is just keep it small. So if you are an introvert, usually that means that you don't get energy from big groups of people. Those really tire you out. Maybe um, you're shy, maybe you're uncomfortable, maybe you're anxious, you might get social anxiety, uh, but whatever it is, big groups of people do not give you energy. They usually tire you out. So keeping things small can really, really help with that. So of course, a small guest list. Like I said, our wedding, we had 21 people. Uh, that was kind of the perfect size. I was really, really happy with that. I think anything sort of under 50 is usually considered a small wedding. So definitely consider cutting back on your guest list. Not only will that save you a lot of you know anxiety and stress, but also money. <laughs> That's less people you have to buy drinks for, buy food for, decorate for, and all that sort of thing. Consider a really small wedding party or no wedding party at all, which is what we did, which again was a huge saver. No drama, no stress, no freaking out in a group chat about why people aren't responding, about what size shoe they are or where they're going to buy this suit or if they bought their ties or if they picked up the stuff for their hair, or if they booked the makeup artist, just none of that drama. No trying to force people from different parts of your life to be friends. <laughs> I sound like a horrible person. Um, and I've been a bridesmaid a few times and absolutely loved it. Thought it was a great honor, had a great time, but it is expensive and it is a lot of work and it's a lot of work for the people who are in your wedding party, but also for you as the couple. So especially if you are somebody who doesn't like being the center of attention, you know, you don't like hanging with a big group, consider either cutting the wedding party altogether or keeping it super small. You know, maybe it's like just your sibling, just your best friend, something like that. Someone who can sort of be there for you, help you out, but you're not entertaining like 15 um, bridesmaids, groomsmen, people of honor uh, all at the same time, because that would be a lot. I can't imagine getting ready at the morning of my wedding with like 15 people in the room all trying to do hair and makeup and suits and ties. And it would just drive me batty. <laughs> so definitely consider keeping your wedding party small or nixing it all together. You can also do small pre-wedding parties. So this, I mean, like engagement parties, bachelor, bachelorettes, uh, showers, if you're doing like a wedding shower, things like that. You can, again, totally nix these events or you can keep them super small. Um, I shared in our wedding, sort of wedding weekend, that I definitely did not want, you know, an engagement party, a bachelorette party, a bridal shower or a wedding shower. I didn't want any of those things, but I did want to hang out with the people who were going to be attending our wedding, especially the ones who had come in from out of town. So what my mom did was she arranged the day before our wedding, I went out to get my nails done with I think six other ladies. So it was like my sister, my mom, my stepmom, my good friend who flew in from the other side of the country, and then my mother-in-law, soon to be mother-in-law, and my aunt-in-law. So it's just a small group of us. We all went to go get our nails done, which is just so nice to like have the day before my wedding that could be, you know, super stressful and freaking out, but it was just so chill. Like I just got to sit back, catch up with people. And then we went for happy hour. We had sangria, we had wings, we had fries, and some of the guys joined us. The guys were also invited to the nails um, part of the day, but they all refused, which I mean, if we've seen some of their nails, they should not have refused. Um, but it was just so fun. And it was a pretty small group, like, you know, I think 20 people, less than 20 people, probably, like 15 people. Um, and we all just hung out and it was really chill. And it was really casual. And it was just a great way to like, hang out with people without making it this big thing of like streamers and balloons and new outfits and fancy drink glasses and 45 family members in a room. Um, so that is definitely an option if you want to have some pre-wedding celebrations, but you don't want them to be these big 
events where you are the center of attention and everything, you know, is all about you. That definitely wasn't the case with, with the way that our celebration worked out. And I think it was absolutely perfect. You also will want to keep things small when you do any wedding planning activities. So for example, if you are wearing a dress, um, if you've ever watched that show, Say Yes to the Dress, which is totally a guilty pleasure of mine. And when we had cable, I would like record all the episodes and just binge them on the weekends. It was disgusting. (laughs) Um, But you see those shows and you see people who come in with like 15 friends and family who all sit on the couch and it becomes like this big, Oh, I don't even know. It just sounds so stressful. Like I can't imagine trying on clothes when you're feeling, you know, kind of vulnerable, especially if you hate being the center of attention. You don't like hanging out with big groups and you're putting on these outfits and you're trying to decide what you want to wear for your big day. And you just have all of these opinions, all of these people you're trying to make happy. You're trying to listen to just sounds like the absolute worst. So definitely consider, you know, if you are an introvert, when you're going on these wedding planning outings, activities, you're going to try on outfits or taste cakes or look at venues to try to keep that as small as possible. You can do it by yourself. You can do it with just your partner, maybe like just your best friend, just a parent, just a sibling, whoever it is. When I went to pick out my dress, it was just my mom. And honestly, that was perfect. It was also, you know, pandemic times. So I think they probably only wanted like one or two people to be in store with you. But this is, again, one of those silver linings of the pandemic. It was so much better having just one person because I got to express my opinion. I was heard and it wasn't this big show where I had to try on outfits for other people. I did a whole episode about my dress buying experience, um, which I think is a really great lesson if you are somebody who, again, is introverted. Also, if you are plus size or um, on a budget, I think that's a really great episode because I share how uh, I was able to find my dress, which was plus size, which was uh, pretty budget friendly in that episode. So head back, head way back. I think that's like early, early teens episode if you are wanting to hear more about that experience. Um, Another way you can keep things small is when you actually announce it. So when you announce that you are engaged or you announce your wedding date or things like that, you can do that super small. Um, There's just such a huge difference between, you know, getting engaged in private, just you and your partner or a small group of friends and family are possibly there. And then when you share that news, you know, you're calling people directly, you're doing FaceTime, you're reaching out, maybe you throw up a post on social media versus like, you know, getting engaged, um, at a sports game or at a big family event and then coming to family uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner and showing off the ring to everyone and getting all these questions and people, you know, congratulating you. And I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but if you are an introvert listening, there was definitely one of those examples that you liked so much more. <laughs> um, for me, I, I think I've shared this before, we got engaged on a trip. We were on a little like um, weekend getaway here in uh, British Columbia. We went to Penticton, which is really awesome. Uh, we wanted to get engaged somewhere cooler abroad, but of course, pandemic times, that wasn't really possible. So we got engaged, you know, privately, just the two of us. We spent the whole day you know, just celebrating. We did a beer crawl. We got sushi. We watched TV in bed. It was awesome. Um, And then we shared the news just with friends and family. You know, we did calls. We did some messages um, and different group chats and things like that. And then we threw up a post on like Instagram or Facebook. um, And that was that. That was how we announced it. I think I sent an email to some family members who weren't on social media. And that was it. We didn't have an engagement party. We didn't have like a big family event where we were sharing the news. And that was really perfect for us. Um, It was really nice to have that day, just the two of us to enjoy it ourselves. It was nice to share the news, you know, how we wanted with the people we wanted and still have those 
one-on-one connections, you know, when you call someone or you FaceTime or you message them or whatever, and you get their reaction, that was really nice. And then of course, because it's, you know, the 2020s, we had to throw it up on social media somewhere to have some record that this happened. Um, But for us, that was way better than doing, you know, a big party or a big celebration or announcing it in front of a tons of people or getting engaged in front of in front of tons of people I'm losing my words um so those are all ways you can definitely keep things small which will be a huge help if you are introverted and worried about attention on your wedding day or leading up to your wedding my next tip for handling wedding attention when you are an introvert is to make it comfortable for you So there are so many things you can do on your wedding day to make it more comfortable, to make it more introvert friendly. Um, So I'm just going to share some of the ones that we did at our wedding day, which I think will spark some ideas. Feel free to, I mean, completely copy these. I think, I think they were great. They worked out well for us. Um, But there are just so many different aspects of your wedding day that you can make easier for yourself if you are an introvert. So first thing we did was we got ready together. So just the two of us, me and my partner, um, our photographer actually showed up because she wanted to take some photos of us getting ready together. She thought that was like a really cool thing. It doesn't happen very often. But for us, that was like the most comfortable way to do it. It was just us two. You know, we weren't doing a big hoopla. We didn't have any wedding party members. We didn't do like bridesmaids or groomsmen or people of honor or anything like that. So it wasn't getting ready with a big group. Um, It was also just really nice to be together and not have that anxiety of like, oh my gosh, like what's, what's my partner up to? Are they nervous? What's happening? Are they getting ready? Um, so that was really sweet and very like low key and comfortable and casual to spend that time together. We did not do a big aisle walk. Um, you know, I didn't come down the aisle as a surprise. We didn't do a first look. We didn't anything like that. My husband was the one who zipped me up into my dress. So there was no, um, you know, anxiety building over that moment. We didn't have the big like, oh, walk down the aisle, everyone stand, here's the bride. What we did was we were already in the ceremony space when our guests arrived. We were standing at the front with our officiant. And again, very small wedding, 21 guests. As everyone came into the ceremony space, we took the time to actually hug them. We uh, went to... see them. I guess they came to us. They walked down the aisle. We gave them a big hug. They said, thanks so much for coming. They, you know, said lovely things to us. And then they sat down in their seat. And it was just like the, the, it honestly was one of the best moments of the day. Having that love and having that personal connection with every single person was so great. And if you were the kind of introvert where like the idea of hugging people is just like, oh, you hate that. You don't want to have any contact. Of course you don't have to do this. But for us, like that is the kind of contact we love. Just that one-on-one having those moments. And that was way better than, you know, having this big entrance, the spotlight on me walking down an aisle, hundreds of people in their seats. Like that was something I definitely did not want to do. So that was uh, really helpful for us. We also had our wedding, as I said, in a home environment. It was my great aunt's condo. So it felt very casual. It was more, you know, people sitting on the couch, people sitting at the dining room table, people standing around the kitchen, very chill, just chatting one-on-one, not, you know, 30 different tables in a ballroom and you run from table to table. It was very chill. We had a couple spotlight moments throughout the reception, but again, they were very quick, very chill. We did a first dance, um, I think for about a minute. (laughs) We told uh, the musician that my mother-in-law had hired to cut it around, I think like the 90 second mark. So it was very quick. We did a parent-child dance, but again, instead of having the attention like just on me with a father-daughter dance, we did the father-daughter, mother-son, and then mother, daughter, stepmother, just every combination. We had four parents dancing with the two of us. 
Um, and we just sort of traded partners uh, every 30 seconds or so. And that was a really lovely way to not only honor all of our parents, but to keep the spotlight off of like just me and my dad, if we had done just a father-daughter dance. And again, we cut that song for about 90 seconds. So it was very quick. Uh, we did do a speech. That was something that was important to me that my partner and I, my husband and I get to thank everyone for coming and, you know, share how we felt about all of them. Again, because it was such a small group, 20 people, it wasn't that intimidating to give a speech. Our speech was very short, probably 30, 45 seconds. And it was just one of, you know, we had our parents speak and aunts and uncles. So the spotlight was definitely more on the other speeches that were a bit longer, you know, more well thought out. Um, and my partner and I did that together. We stood up together. We held the paper. We each had parts that we wanted to say. So if you do want to do a speech, you can keep it really quick. You can do it with your partner. You can have things written down. You can stand up together. Um, but of course, that's totally optional. You don't have to do a speech. If that, if your little introvert heart is like, oh my God, standing up in front of people talking, blah, like you don't want to do that, you totally don't have to. Um, same with the vows. You know, if that part makes you nervous saying your vows in front of everyone, you don't have to do that. You could say your vows in private. You could exchange cards. You could do pre-written vows. I have a whole podcast episode all about vows. So head back and listen to that one if that is something you need more info on. So those are just some ways that we made our wedding more comfortable for us, more introvert friendly. And I hope those sparked some ideas for you. My next tip category section here is to plan breaks and manage your energy. So for me, I'm the kind of introvert where I really love having breaks. Like if I have to go out for dinner with people, um, I really enjoy it. You know, in the moment, I have a really good time. I like I like people. I like some people. I like small groups of, <laughs> uh, let me, yeah, let me clarify that. I like some people in small doses. Um, but once I go out for dinner, like that is it the rest of my evening is shot. Or if I have to go out for breakfast, let's say the rest of my day is done. I don't want to see anybody else. I am tired. <laughs> I don't have energy anymore. So for me, my ideal sort of wedding celebration would have been like a week at a villa in Italy. And we have an event like every other day. And on the off days, I get to just chill. I'm in my room. I'm reading a book. I'm exploring a new town, you know, just by myself or with my partner. That would have been perfect. Of course, not possible with the pandemic and everything. We weren't able to do that. But that would have been ideal for me. So I think it helps to sort of sit back and say, okay, what is the ideal sort of wedding schedule for me in terms of having breaks and planning how my energy is going to um, flow or be with me during the day? So really asking yourself, how can I manage my energy? Is there something I can do before the wedding um, to sort of, you know, make sure I'm in the best state of mind. So maybe it's taking a nap, maybe it's journaling, maybe it's spending the morning totally by yourself, you know, not talking to anyone, headphones in, um, Maybe it's just being with your partner. Maybe it's walking your dog, taking time out in nature, going for a swim, whatever it is. What can you do to sort of make sure you go into your wedding events, your wedding day with as much good energy as possible? And then afterwards, what can you do to refuel? Like after the wedding, do you want to just crash, go straight to bed? We made the mistake of like planning some events for the very next day, which we had to do because we did have some, like my my dad and my stepmom and my siblings were all leaving that night. So we wanted to see them again, but it would have like, we definitely needed that day to just crash. So I highly recommend, even if you're an extrovert, give yourself the day after your wedding to do absolutely nothing. Just lie on the couch, <laughs> order 
your food, uh, massage your feet, that sort of thing. But really thinking ahead of what you can do to manage your energy beforehand and afterwards during the actual wedding day or any sort of other wedding celebrations, plan for breaks, plan for downtime. So for us, it was actually another um, silver lining was the fact that we had to go walk our dog midway through the reception. It was actually really nice just to take a moment to be like, ah, take a breath, just be with my partner, you know, share a few smiles like, oh, we're married. Like this is our wedding and have that quick uh, time outside just with our dog to kind of reset a little bit. So think of ways that you can do that for your wedding. Of course, if you do have a dog uh, as part of your wedding, walking them is a really great uh, excuse to get a little break, to take a little uh, downtime. Maybe if you're doing like an outfit change or if you're changing up like your hair, your makeup or something like that, build in an extra five or 10 minutes for you just to sit there. Um, Is there a chance for you to go outside? I know a lot of receptions will have like a few different areas in the venue. Maybe there's a quieter area, like an area with some couches where you can just sort of sit and chat with a few people. Maybe there is a bar that's, well, usually the bar is pretty, pretty bumping, but you know what I mean? Maybe there's a balcony or a little fire pit or something like that, where you can go and just be in these quieter spots with smaller groups of people. You also want to talk, look at, you also want to talk, you also want to look at where you can find time for just you and your partner. I did a whole episode on um, different moments that you can take for just the two of you, which I know sounds sort of silly, but trust me on your wedding day, uh, one of the things so many couples will say after the fact is like, oh, we didn't actually spend that much time together, especially if you're getting ready separately and you're not seeing each other till the ceremony. It really does feel like you don't spend that much time together during the day. So look for those little moments that can be just the two of you, which is a really nice way to take a break from a big group of people and sort of reset, refuel, get your energy back. So things like doing sunset photos, photographers love to take the couple away for like 20 minutes around sunset to take some photos. That's a really nice time to like take a deep breath, (laughs) just chill. Um, A lot of couples do a thing where right after the ceremony, instead of going, you know, straight into photos or straight into hanging out, they will uh, just take some time. They'll go to like a little room, just the two of them and like just be giddy and excited that they got married. But it's also a nice way to sort of like take a breath and be like, okay, ceremony over, let's reset, let's get ready for the reception. So look at times where you can do that and you can build in those breaks and downtime uh, for you and for your partner. The next category here is just rethinking attention. So um, the way Megan S suggested this topic was handling wedding attention as an introvert. And I totally understand what she's saying. And I, like I said, totally resonate with this one. Um, But I think it is helpful as introverts to just take some time to rethink what attention means. So it's inevitable, you know, you're getting married. If you are getting married in any sort of a public way, even if you're eloping, just the fact if you are sharing the news publicly, if if anyone in your life knows you're getting married and if they are attending that wedding, there is some amount of attention that comes with that, right? Like people are excited. People want to congratulate you. They want to wish you well. They want to know what's happening. It's a big moment, right? Like there's a reason why the wedding industry is, a, you know, multi-billion, million-dollar industry. There's a reason why this is, you know, a big thing that people celebrate and put money and time into planning. It's it's a big deal. So there is some amount of attention that comes with that, um, especially if, you know, your partner is very extroverted or if you have, you know, a mom who's super extroverted and into it or really, you know, close friends and family who are super into your wedding planning, really extroverted. There is some attention that is going to come up when it comes to your wedding. So that is inevitable. Um, I think it helps to re- categorize attention in your brain instead of being this thing that you are scared of, that you hate, 
Um, instead of just boxing yourself into a corner of being like, I'm an introvert. I hate attention. Blah. It's the worst. Like I hate when people talk to me. I hate when people look at me. I hate when all eyes are on me. Just rethink it as attention is love and caring. This is how extroverts show they care. This is how other humans show that they love us by being interested in our lives, by talking to us, by looking at us, by celebrating us, by wanting to spend time with us, right? Like that's even, I mean, I'll speak to my own experience. I don't want to speak to introverts everywhere, but me as an introvert, when something exciting happens in one of my friend's lives, I want to reach out to them. I want to send them a message. I want to take them out to dinner. I want to talk to them. Um, you know, if they get a new haircut, I want to look at them. It's it's how attention is how we show that love and caring. Um, and especially if you're an extrovert, like, you know, you don't, you don't see that as a bad thing. You see that only as a good thing. Um, I'm not saying that you should be like, okay, attention is good. I'm a horrible person. I'm going to let everyone do whatever they want on my wedding day and have the spotlight on me the whole time. Absolutely not. Like you hundred percent should be, you know, firm on your own boundaries and firm on the things that make you uncomfortable and saying no to those things, which I think is probably a whole separate podcast episode, how to say no, how to stick to your guns, how to make boundaries and actually enforce them. Um, but I think it does help to have that little mental switch about, you know, attention is people showing their love and their care for me, right? Like nobody, hopefully nobody in your life is giving you attention in a malicious way. Hopefully it's all coming from a really good spot, which I think is helpful just as a bit of a mental switch, but again, should not be an excuse to do anything that you're not comfortable doing. So go into your wedding day, into any wedding celebrations, wedding events with expectation that you will be getting some attention. <laughs> you will be getting more attention than usual. Um, it's helpful to, to know that ahead of time and to do that, like we talked about in the previous you know step here, to do that thought process or make a plan about how you're going to take breaks, how you're going to manage your energy, what you're going to do to make things more comfortable for yourself, you know, on the day leading up to it and not dreading the attention that's coming, but just knowing that it's there, right? Like having your expectations set. I know for me, that's like a really huge thing. I love just in life. I like to have my expectations very firmly set. So I know what is coming, what is expected. Um, another thing you can do when you're rethinking attention is rethink that the attention is not just on you, but sharing that with your partner. So, you know, your wedding day, of course, you're getting married, but so is somebody else. So it's not, you know, all eyes on you 100% of the time. It's some eyes on you some of the time. It's some eyes on your partner some of the time, some eyes on both of you. Maybe there's a way you can share this, you know, with your family. Um, if you have parents or siblings who are, you know, super excited and involved in the wedding, is there a way to sort of shift the spotlight to them or share it with them? If you have kids, especially if you are, you know, blending a family, or if this is, you know, a child you share with your partner, really making it a, a wedding celebration about all of you, I think is really beautiful as a child of a blended family. Um, you know, my dad and my stepmom got married when I was, uh, uh, 13, 13-ish, <laughs> around 13. Um, they did a really good job of making the day about our whole family and not just the bride, not just the couple, but really the four of us. Um, I had a stepsister as well. The four of us coming together. I think that's really beautiful and a really nice way to sort of share the attention and the spotlight. And of course, if you have any animals in your wedding, if you have a dog or a cat or a I don't know, a parakeet or a bunny as part of your wedding day, naturally, they're going to get a ton of attention. And if you are not super comfortable with attention for yourself, feel free to just shift that on over, put that, put that pup of yours in the cutest outfit you can find, let people fawn all over them. Of course, if that's comfortable for you and for your dog, I think I did a whole episode on having pets in your wedding or dogs in your wedding. So head back and listen to that if you are bringing a pup with you. My last section tip 
area here on handling wedding attention as an introvert is I think probably the most important one. And it is finding support and talking to your partner. So definitely, definitely early in your wedding planning process or as early as possible tonight, <laughs> sit your partner down and let them know how you feel, especially if you are introverted and they are not, they might just have no idea that you're feeling this way, that you're nervous about the wedding, that you're uncomfortable with all the attention that's been coming your way, that's going to be coming your way. And it's just, you know, it's, it's such good practice, right? For your married life that you want to share these things with them and asking how you can make the day work for both of you. Because of course your partner should want you to feel comfortable. This shouldn't be a thing where your partner says, well, too bad. I've always wanted a wedding with 300 people and an all night rager and the spotlight on us the whole time. So suck it up. Like they should, of course, be in your corner and want to do what they can to make the day comfortable for both of you for make to make it a day that works for both of your personalities. You both get what you want out of it. Um, there are lots of accommodations that can be made, a lot of compromises. And again, this is just great practice for your marriage, for everything else you're going to have to do together in life where you will have to compromise, take the other person's feelings into consideration. And of course, wanting your partner to be as comfortable and happy and as, and as ease, no, <laughs> at ease as possible. <laughs> not anxious, not stressed, feeling good. You want your partner to feel that way on the wedding uh, every day. You want your partner to feel comfortable and good and happy and not stressed. So what can you do? So let's say your partner is extroverted and you are not. So some ways they can still have, you know, their extroverted fun, good time. Perhaps if you are doing bachelor bachelorette parties or any sort of pre-wedding parties, maybe they can have theirs as like a real big thing. So let's say they can do a bachelorette party with like 45 friends all day long. There's a scavenger hunt. There's an escape room. There's a bar crawl. There's I don't know, going to the clubs, renting a party bus, they can just do, you know, an all out thing. They wear a sash, they wear a crown, there's coordinating outfits. Um, there's, <laughs> I did a whole episode on how bachelor and bachelorette parties have totally gone out of hand. But if this is something that your partner's into, and their friends are into it, and they can afford it, and everyone's on the same page, maybe they head out and they go to Vegas, or they go to Napa, or they go somewhere, or they go big, and your version of that can be, well, you don't have to have one at all if you don't want to, but you can just have like a few friends over and you do a wine tasting, or you do an art night, or you do a spa day, or whatever it is you're comfortable with. So you can let them kind of go big on their party and let that be their time to really let their extrovert flag fly. <laughs> Could you compromise on the actual wedding day? Let's say you do, you know, the ceremony part, maybe you're really nervous about walking down the aisle and saying your vows in front of all those people. So maybe you have a really small ceremony, you do ceremony with like just immediate family. And then the reception is bigger, lots of people do this. My one of my aunts did this, she got married, like the ceremony part was just immediate family. And then the reception, they invited like a lot more family and friends. Um, most people the ceremony part is the part where you're a little bit more nervous and anxious. You know, you have to say your vows, you have to walk down the aisle, you have to, you know, all eyes are really on you. You're at the front. Um, whereas the reception, you know, it is still all eyes are on you, but you can blend in a little bit more. You can sit at a table with other people. You don't have to do a little sweetheart table. You don't have to talk if you don't want to. You don't have to do any of those dances, you know, the first dance or the parent-child dance if you don't want to. So there's definitely ways for you to have less attention and less spotlight at the reception. So that might be a good compromise. You could do a big anniversary party. So maybe for the actual wedding, 
wedding, you keep things pretty small and you tell your partner like, hey, for our one year or five year anniversary, let's do a big shindig because you'll be more relaxed at that point. It's not your actual wedding day. You know, it's just a party. It's just a celebration. It's not going to be as much of like, oh my gosh, what are you wearing? You look great. You're getting married. Like it's, it's a little bit more chill. Perhaps you could shorten the reception time. So, you know, you're happy to do a party, but you know that with your energy, you're not going to be in it all night. So maybe you send people home at nine or 10 instead of midnight or one. Maybe you don't do that after party. Um, maybe you do a morning reception. Maybe you have a brunch wedding, which I've heard is super fun. <laughs> I have never been to one, but it sounds amazing. Um, and it's just, you know, it's a more chill environment. People aren't going to be hopefully, you know, raging on the dance floor for a brunch wedding. So it's going to be a shorter event, probably a cheaper event. You're probably not paying quite as much. I can't imagine people doing shots at a brunch wedding. Um, I'm sure all of you are shaking your head being like, uh, yeah, people will do shots at a brunch wedding. Eh, you know, your, your mileage may vary. I would say fewer shots at a brunch wedding than a, uh, a late night wedding. Maybe you can meet in the middle on the guest list. If you want 50 and your partner wants 150, maybe you do 100. Um, you can plan your breaks together. So talking with your partner about what you need and how they can help. I think that's the most important part, really sitting down with them before the wedding day and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. You know, I'm anxious. I'm nervous about this. You know, I'm an introvert. I don't love big crowds. I don't like big events. I don't want this spotlight and all the attention on me. Here's what I need. Here's how you can help. Or let's brainstorm ways that you can help. Um, I was listening to this awesome podcast and the host told me I need to plan my breaks and plan how I'm going to manage my energy. So here are the things that I want to do. Here's how you can help really put it in very concrete terms, um, letting them know, you know, whatever it is you need from them. I think that's again, great practice for your marriage. You can look back. Maybe you have like practice with this before. Maybe you have a history of events. Like, have you been to big events before? Like, you know, Christmas dinners or weddings or things like that. And you felt uncomfortable and your, you know, introvert self really didn't enjoy it. Like explain that to your partner be like, Hey, remember at your cousin's wedding last year when I got super tired at 9 PM, like, yeah, that's going to happen. I'm going to get super tired at 9 PM, maybe even 8 PM because it'll be our wedding and I'll have to do so much more. Uh, maybe you have an event coming up, like maybe you've got a holiday party this Christmas and you can kind of practice and say, Hey, you know, let's work on a signal. Let's have a signal. If I come up and I don't know, tap your elbow, that means I need to take a break and I need, I need your help. So let's practice at the Christmas party. I know this sounds sort of hokey and silly, but like, it, it could be really helpful, right? And it could be a really simple, easy thing. You just come up to your partner, you kind of tap them on the elbow, whatever your signal is, whatever little thing you want to do. And it just lets them know like, hey, I need some help. I'm struggling. Um, and they should, of course, want to help you out. And they can just, you know, whoever they're talking to, whatever they're doing, just like, oh, hey, one sec, you know, we'll be right back. And you walk out into the hallway together and you take a minute or whatever it is, whatever you've planned as your break. You may also want to ask some other people to help you out. So maybe parents or siblings, close friends, members of your wedding party who can be there for you. So this can happen, you know, starting way early in the wedding planning process. So letting, you know, people know, hey, you know what, I don't want to make, you know, I don't want to do a big thing. I don't want to have a big engagement party. I don't want to bring an entourage to my outfit fittings. Um, I don't want to have, you know, matching outfits and a big bachelorette party or bachelor party or whatever it is. Uh, I want to keep things small and low key, really letting people know about that ahead of time. If they're close friends and family of yours, they should probably already know that that's, you know, your style and, and how you like to do things, but reminding them, putting those boundaries in place. You could also have someone to be a bit of like a block for you um, on your actual wedding day. So someone who, again, maybe you have a signal with, or you sort of just give them those deer and headlight eyes and they know, okay, I need to, 
I need to come and rescue um, this person from the conversation. They need a break. They've had too much and they can swoop in and get you out of there. Um, Maybe somebody who can bring you water, somebody who can make sure you take those breaks. If you were saying, you know, okay, every hour, every two hours, I need like 10 minutes by myself. Someone who can remind you can come and get you. Um, someone who can just be there to help you uh, enforce those boundaries that you put in place. And again, I might have to do a whole episode on boundaries because I think that's that's a huge part of wedding planning. As sad as that sounds, (laughs) boundaries is definitely a really big part of it. But those are my tips for handling wedding attention as an introvert. As I said, my husband and I, both introverts, uh, both had an awesome wedding day, even though as I shared in our wedding story one, I definitely did get tired towards the end. I did not manage my energy as well as possible. And I don't have any regrets or anything like that, but I do wish I'd been a little bit more energized and able to, you know, take advantage of of hanging out with everyone as much as I want to. And I can't even imagine if we had invited more people or if we had had a longer day or, you know, started getting ready at seven in the morning or something like that. I honestly don't think I would have made it all the way through to the end of the event. So if you are an introvert, know that there is a wedding style type situation scenario out there for you. You don't have to do the big thing. Talk to your partner, keep things small, rethink how you want your wedding to be, make accommodations that make things comfortable for you, plan your breaks, manage your energy, rethink attention without losing uh, your boundaries and reach out for support. And of course, happy wedding planning. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and a review, follow along so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the show. Remember, you shouldn't be spending your wedding day managing other people's feelings.